Hello there. Welcome back to another edition of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to deconstructing film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host for this week. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Dean Stark. And, to, and on today's show, we'll be discussing the 1999 film, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz one of my favorites. So, as we do every week, I will kick it over to Dean so she can take us down sort of a timeline of this film. I love this mummy. I love this mummy. I love the mummy. I love this version of the mummy. It was written and directed by Stephen Summers, and the synopsis or the short logline is this. Adventurer Rick O'Connell and Egyptologist Evelyn, along with a bunch of archaeologists, inadvertently wake up an evil mummy during an archaeological excavation. So the opening scene, we're in ancient Egypt, and it's basically the opening scene is all backstory, but it's backstory that we kind of needed so I kind of like that they opened with like exposition so this is the backstory we get an introduction to a character called Imhotep which is the high priest the high priest to the pharaoh and we get an introduction to Anaxunamun which is uh, the pharaoh's mistress which no other man was allowed to touch but the high priest does so Imhotep and Anaxunamun um, they fall in love. The pharaoh finds out Imhotep and Anaxunamun. Um, sorry, Imhotep um, gets arrested by the guards. Anaxunamun um, kills herself because she doesn't want to be the pharaoh's mistress. She loves Imhotep. Um, they, 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 they take um, they take Imhotep and they wrap him in like. Um, um, uh, 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 what the fuck? What's it called? Fuck! I've lost it. Eh? Oh, my, the the like the mummy burial shrouds. <laughs> yeah, the burial shrouds. So like, what the fuck's yeah, it called? It's burial shrouds. Right, right. Um, but before that, because I've completely lost fucking track, because my brain's not working today. Um, Imhotep takes Anaxunamun's body to Hamanaptra, which is the city of the dead, in 1290 BC. And he wants to uh, resurrect her. And so he succeeds in kind of bringing her back to life. But the pharaoh's bodyguards follow him, stop him from completing the ritual, and then they mummify him in the, the shrouds um, alive. They mummify him alive. They put him in a, um, what's it called? Not a coffin. What's it called? Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. See, thank God you're here this week. I could not do this by myself. <laughs> they put him in a sarcophagus alive and they cover him with scarabs. Um, so scarabs like eat flesh. They eat, yeah, so they eat him alive, which is not very fun. They lock his tomb with a key that looks like it's in the shape of a star and that's it. And now we we fast forward. So before we fast forward, what did you think about the backstory, about the exposition, about all of that? I thought the exposition to this film was extremely necessary because without the exposition, you wouldn't understand the reasoning as to why Emotep got cursed in the first place. And I just want to mention that in that opening sequence when the pharaoh found out that uh, Anax on the Moon was having an affair with his high, you know, pre with with with, with his high priest uh, Imhotep. Um, both of them killed the pharaoh. And after uh, Imhotep got arrested, he escaped and he went into the desert to try and resurrect Anaxo the Moon. And that's when he was arrested for the second time. 
and that mm-hmm. and that ended up leading him to getting uh the the uh the the gem hadai the most deadly of the, the most deadly of mummy curses mm-hmm. so yeah i just want to uh uh add in that little bit right there but like i said point I out this... my mistakes i'm making <laughs> in the backstory <laughs> i didn't I say it. that i didn't say that <laughs> did i say that oh my god my brain's dying no continue please please just listen in this episode folks my brain's not working Marcelo is going to point out every single fucking mistake I'm going to make because I'm going to make a lot of them. Just a little disclaimer. Continue, Marcelo, please. Yeah. So, um, I look, 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 look. I like I just said. I, I, I thought that this opening exposition was done great. You, you, you were given necessary backstory. It wasn't backstory to fill time, or it wasn't backstory to distract you from how bad the film from how bad the film is it was backstory that needed to set the table for the rest of the film so i thought it was very very necessary one quick thing about this film Mm. this film is very very near and dear to my heart Mm. because the first time i saw it was the first time that i went to florida to go see my dad Mm. and we um we ended up renting it on on pay-per-view when pay-per-view was a thing and the first time that I saw this movie, I saw it with my dad in Florida. So, 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 because so you of have that an mem- emotional connection to it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because of, because of that memory, this movie was not only a movie from my childhood, but it's a movie that I got to experience with my dad for the first time. And me and my dad, uh, we, we always had a good relationship, but we never really had the closeness that I, I would have wanted. So so I always I always really treasure that memory, but um but but that's neither here nor there. But um back to the movie now. So Th- you know opening... this movie better than I do. Um I So I, you I, are, you do. I, you know it better. Yeah, no no. So no, no, you're no, gonna no. be correcting I, me a lot. No, 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 I wouldn't no, I wouldn't say that. I would just say that this movie holds a bigger place in my heart because of that than mm-hmm. it might for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yep. You, you know, you know. Uh, so I, you know. Uh, lastly, before Dean moves on here, I, mm-hmm. I just want to say that I love the opening of this film because, like I said, it sets the table for everything that's going to come later on. Yes. So um, the official first scene of the movie, because that was the opening scene, we're in Habanatra. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know what it is. I just like my brain's fucking died. It's died. It's fucking gone somewhere to have a sleep. Okay, we're in Hamanaptra, nineteen twenty-three. So it's the same place that they buried Imhotep, but we're fast forwarded to the future, and it's basically a, a shell of a of a city that it once was. It's like the. It just looks like. I don't know. Just it's just, ruins. That's it's ruins. It it's ruins. There's shit everywhere. Um, there's wars going on. Now we get an introduction to a character called Ardeth Bay, although he's never actually formally called that. I had to look up his name because I don't. I, they never called him anything. So he's basically him and his. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to call them friends, cohorts, whatever. They are. I can't remember what the name of them is. I'm going to ask you in a sec because you just said it, but I didn't know what it was. They are the descendants of the pharaohs bodyguards and they watch over the city to make sure Imhotep stays dead. So what is the name of the the gang? They're they they're called the the uh the uh Jem Hadai. 
Right, the Jem'Hadai. So that's what yeah, they they watch over. They watch over um, Hamanapsha. Um, so they're there. That you get sort of an introduction to them. You don't know who they are, or what they do yet. So fucking spoiler alert. That's what they do. And then we get an introduction to Rick O'Connell, um, which is Brendan Fraser, and one of my Benny. favorite characters, Benny. So they're <laughs> <What a laughs> fucking love Benny. I'm sorry, I love Benny. <laughs> I love Such Benny. a fucking weasel. Such a weasel. So, you know, Rick and Benny are standing there and they're kind of they're taking cover. They've got they've got guns and there's this cavalry of horses charging them and there's hundreds of them. And obviously like the amount of of, of people on Rick's side is no match for the cavalry. Like they should just surrender or give up. But and Benny does. Benny goes basically fuck this and he runs away. And Rick stays. Rick goes, no, I'm staying, I'm standing my ground, which is character development for him, showing, not telling, basically showing he's brave. He's not going to run from danger, he's brave. Um, So, you know, there's this fight that ensues and obviously his his side loses and he runs away. He's like the only person left other than Benny. So he runs... He runs to hide in like a like a cavern thing and he sees Benny behind a door and Benny closes the door before Rick gets there and Rick's like, what the fuck? So, again, you've got character development for Benny. Benny's a weasel. Benny's a coward. Benny doesn't care about anything but, but himself. He doesn't care about his friends. He just cares about, like, staying alive. Um, and then Rick is cornered by the horseman um, who's about to shoot him down and then something scares them off um, and they run away and he kind of – He's he's just there, and then he wanders off, and then um, the descendants of the of the pharaoh's bodyguards they watch him walk away, and they decide to let him live because they think, well, the desert's going to kill him anyway because he's not because they don't want anyone to know about Hamanapshot because nobody knows where it is, so they don't want anybody anybody to get out alive, but they think the desert's going to kill him anyway, which it doesn't. Well, but anyway, well, that's that scene. Well, the well saying that nobody knows where Hamanapshot is. It's kind of a lie because somebody does know where it is. The fact is that once you go to Harmonatra, it's very difficult. To, it's very difficult to come back. Right, right, right. Um, but I, um, but I, you know, I really loved this opening scenes of the movie because it does a couple things. First of all, we meet the we meet the mysterious we we meet the mysterious black riders or the Jem Hadai. We meet the descendants of. Of the you, you know you know of the um, of the of the pharaoh's priest the the folks that are going to keep uh, the the soul of Imhotep secret so we meet those guys but more importantly we meet our hero of the film we meet uh, O'Connor and like you said we learn a, we learn a couple things about him very very quickly number one he's never met a fight that he doesn't like number two he doesn't run. And number three, he's very, very brave. And 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 how do I figure he's very, very brave? Because after after everybody is being cut down and killed and and massacred by the Southern Legion that is clearly on horseback and just laying waste to his garrison, he keeps fighting and fighting and fighting until he runs out of bullets until he's cornered in that little section of the city. And he doesn't he doesn't beg for his life. He doesn't run away when he realizes that he's near death what he does is he just stands there thinking he's going to die so he's a guy that has honor and he wants to die on his feet and that is very 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 important and that's very very good character development to show you what kind of a man o'connor it uh uh o- you know o'connell is 
And I and and I think that's very important for him going forward because all the shit that he's going to have to go through throughout the course of this movie, um, that character development is going to tell us that he can handle it and he can deal with it. Um, mm. <laughs> Benny, when I was a kid, <laughs> I I really really enjoyed Benny, but as I'm but as I've gotten older, I've really enjoyed him. But I I I I still enjoy him. But as I've gotten older, he's started to bother me as a character because he is just a fucking weasel. It's just come on, dude. Just just do one thing right. But you know, you know, but that's neither here nor there. I do love um I do love the the, uh, the effect uh once once the once the horsemen or, or once the or once the horses of uh of the people that are gonna kill O'Connor get spooked. I love the visual effect of the mummy's face coming through the sand i think that's very very cool but i've always wondered do you think o'connell saw that in the sand or do you think that he was too busy running away no i don't think he saw it at all i think we saw it i don't think he saw it okay okay so next scene we're in cairo egypt three years later and we're at a place called the Museum of Antiquities, and this is where we get the introduction to Evie or Evelyn, um, and she's a bookworm. She's uh, putting away, she's standing on a ladder. She's putting away books in the stacks, and she tries to put a book in a stack that's clearly too far away from her, and she loses her balance on the fucking the the ladder that she's on. And and what happens is she ends up pushing one of the stacks and it falls into the other one, into the other one. And it's a domino effect. And you can see there's a, that she's surrounded by book stacks. It's like in a circular motion and they all hit one another and it's just, and she's standing in the middle and she's just like, shit. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And I'll tell you a little trivia. That's not in my trivia. Um, That was one take. Uh, yep. They couldn't. They could not do another take of that because it would take Hell them no. all day to set it up. So it was one take, yeah. Um, and yeah, which which I kind of knew. I looked it up, but I kind of I was like, no, there's no way they did two takes of that. That was one take, and that was it. Um, so mm-hmm. any that happens, her boss comes in and he's like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> this, and and he ba- basically goes on. This is not the first time you've done this. Like why? Like he and he says, and this is beautiful dialogue. Why do I put up with you? It's and great. she says, because I can read and write ancient Egyptian um, and decipher hieroglyphics. Right there, we know. Right there, that's her. That's her and character. Sanskrit that's what she too. does. Yeah, and Sanskrit. Yes. So right there, that's it. That's what she brings to the party. She's smart, and she can do. Th- so when she deciphers, spoiler alert, when she deciphers hieroglyphics later on in the movie, it's set up. She knows how to do it. So I, I love that. So anyway, he tells her to fucking clean it up. He's fucking pissed off with her. And then she hears a noise in one of the other rooms and she goes to investigate it and we get the introduction to another character. I love all, all the characters in this movie. Her brother Jonathan, um, who is basically mindlessly playing with a mummy. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a character. He's, he just doesn't, he doesn't care. He, he, he hands her a trinket and he asks if it's worth anything, right? And so right there, he just wants money. He does, like she cares about preser- preserving history, he cares about money. So he goes on archaeological digs just to take and steal things to get her to appraise them money. I just want money. So that's his whole goal, money. He doesn't care about anything else. So he hands her this trinket and it's kind of circular and she opens it and it's in the shape of a star. 
well, where have we seen that before? Oh, it was on the tomb of Imhotep. So when she opens it, um, there's a map inside and it's a map of Hamanatra. And so she takes it to her boss and her boss is like, no, Hamanatra is a myth. And even Evie says, yeah, I know it's a myth, but this is a map to it. So everybody thinks it's a myth. Nobody thinks the city of the dead is a real thing but they've got the map. Now her boss tries to talk her out of it. He even tries to burn the map. Now we find out why he does that later. Um, but I think that's, is that the end of that scene? Uh, yes, that's the end of that scene. So what did you think about the setup of Evie? Yeah, I absolutely love the introduction of Rachel Weiss's character, Evie, because it does a couple of things. First of all, the opening sequence of her on the ladder and tumbling over all the bookshelves was amazing. But the thing I love about this scene is the scene has a very 19th, the scene, as a matter of fact, this whole movie has a very 1930s monster movie feel to it. And specifically, this scene with Rachel Weiss in in Librarian Get Up to Her Glasses, the ladder she's sitting on, the bookshelves, the whole set design, the whole thing. So I, so I love the feel of this scene for some specific reason. It reminds me of classic monster movies. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that I'm going to point out, which you sort of hinted at, mm -hmm. this film has done a very, very good job so far giving us information that we need to know, giving us important character points. First, they did it in the opening with telling us the whole backstory of Imhotep and Anacho the Moon. Then they did it with Rick. And... Uh, again, they again they they find an interesting way to give us dialogue, but give us dialogue in a digestible manner, in a way that it doesn't seem like it's being forced fed to the audience, or it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. it's being told mm -hmm. at us just to tell us exposition. It yep. is it is written in such a way that it is palatable, and it goes right into the 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 dialogue. It doesn't feel forced or jammed in there for a particular reason so i just love that the the introduction of jonathan i thought was great because right away we understand that he is a gambler that he is a that he's a that, that, that he's one of those brothers who doesn't give a shit about anything and like you said he just wants to make money and mm -hmm. the 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 introduction of the um the map to harmonatra really really sets us really sets up this adventure that we're about to go on. And I really thought that it was really weird that in a way that in a very, very well lit office, this curator guy who Evie works for has a candle ornament lit up with, with, with like two candles and he's reading the map and he's just slightly, you know, sets the map on fire. I thought that was very odd when I was watching this movie as a kid, but when I got to the end of the movie, I'm like, Oh, that's why he did that. So, so I, so I thought that I, I thought that was a very, very subtle hand by the director to say, "Oh, guys, I'm going to do this, and if some of you pick up on it, great. But if 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 some of you don't, I'm going to spell it out later." Um, so I thought that was very, very interesting. The other thing that I love about this scene is that we find out about Evie's backstory. We find out that both her parents died, and the only reason she works at the library mm -hmm. is because of a favor that the, that the owner of the library made to her, made to her parents. Mm -hmm. So she basically started working there because of a favor. She didn't yeah, find yeah. that job. She wasn't, she, she didn't work for that job. She was given that job. 
I can tell you why he had fire, on, like candles on his desk in the fucking blasting middle of the day in Cairo. <laughs> okay. Because in those days they used to use wax seals to close to seal things, to seal envelopes oh. and stuff. So oh, they yeah, needed the right. fire to um, right. to moisten right. the wax to do it. So that's mm. I assumed that's why he had them that on his desk. Okay. Okay, that's that's a that's a good explanation. So moving on, um, now we're we're with Evie and Jonathan, and they're going to a prison. Uh, but on the way to the prison, because some people might think, oh, it's a bit of a what the fuck are they doing there? But Evie's saying to Jonathan, okay, this is the guy you stole it from. So now we know that the trinket is stolen, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, so this guy is here. He goes, yes, yes, yes. This guy is here, right? Because they want to know. If the guy knows what it is, if he knows about Hamanaptra, if he knows about anything. So they're at a prison um, and uh, the person that he stole it from is Rick O'Connell, who is in jail. And so they bring him out and he's got long, because this is three years later, he's got long scruffy hair and um, Evie asks him, like, where did you find it? And he says, I found it in Hamanaptra. I was there. And Evie's like, well, where is it? Like, can you tell me where it is? And he says, get me out of here and I'll show you, right? And they kind of pull him back because he's getting re- they're getting ready to execute him. And she's like, oh, fuck. Um, so they're getting ready to hang him. He's on the noose and they kind of, they kick out the, the, the drop, the, what is it called? The trap door below him. And he falls and he's struggling. And, and Evie's talking to the, the guy that kind of runs everything. And I'll give you a hundred pounds, 200 pounds. And he's like, no, no, no. And like, meanwhile, Ricky's like struggling to breathe. He's like hanging by the noose. And she's like, look, he knows where Hamanaptra is. And this guy goes, wait a minute. He knows where what? This, he know because there's treasure there. It's not just, it's not just um, you know, Imhotep. Nobody fucking knows about Imhotep. It's the treasure that's there that people want. And she goes, I'll give you 20, you know, then they bart, I'll give you 10%, 20, blah, 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 25%, blah, blah, blah. The guy goes, okay. Um, and they cut him down and Rick fucking gets to live. That's that scene. Before we move on to the next scene, what did you think about that scene? I loved it. I love all the scenes, but yeah. Yeah, I you know I I I love this scene because I think it I think it again tells us something about Jonathan that you know if you didn't know before you do know, you do know now Jonathan is a liar he's a gambler and he lies so the so the fact that Jonathan stole this key from O'Connell really didn't surprise me also I love the scene when Evie goes into the prison and she's like struggling to hear O'Connell. And before they drag him away to be hanged, he steals a kiss. And that comes back later. So I, I really, really appreciate that. Also, I love the scene when she's when she's negotiating with the warden. And she goes, We'll give you we'll give you 10%. I'll give you 20%. I'll give you 40%. And the warden goes, What else? And then, you know, the warden touches her leg, indicating that he wants to sleep with her, and she sl- sort of slaps his hand away. And, you know, I, I just love the way that she negotiates. And I love the look that Evie has once O'Connell gets cut down. She has such a look of, I saved your ass, and such a look of achievement. Triumph. Absolute, <laughs> yeah, triumph. I absolutely love the, 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 the look that uh, Rachel Weiss mm-hmm. g- gives her character in this moment. Yeah. So moving on, uh, we're on a steamboat. So they all get on a steamboat. Uh, Rick O'Connell has obviously had a haircut. Now he's good looking because Evie was like, oh, he's so dirty. And then he can't 
front of Breck. Let me try that again. Brendan Fraser comes walking up. He's in a he's in a suit. He's got a nice haircut. And she's like, oh, hello. <laughs> like, yeah, hello. Um, so he's completely like transformed himself into like you know what he looks like, which is handsome. Um, so they get on a steamboat heading for Hamanaptra. And we see the guards of the pharaoh. They're they're kind of paddling towards them behind the boat because obviously they know that they've they they know that they've got a map and then they, they know that they've got a key. How do they know? We'll find out a bit later. Um, and on the boat, we find out there's another team headed to the ancient city searching for the gold. Rick finds out because Rick is taking obviously Evie and and Jonathan there, and he's like, but nobody else knows about Hamanaptra. And then he finds out, oh. Benny is leading them there. Good old Benny's aboard. So Rick finds Benny and learns he's the one that's that's leading the other team to, to Hamanatra. Um, one of the Pharaoh's guards, um, he's basically hiding in 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 Evie's room. Um, and he he goes up to her with a knife, he questions her, he says, Where's the map to Hamanatra? And she's like, It's over there, it's on the desk, like if I can take it. And he goes, where's the key? And she's like, what key? Like, she doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's like, where's the fucking key? Um, and then there's a, there's, a, there's a fire that ensues. And basically the guards burn down the steamboat um, and they all jump ship. So is that the end of that scene? Yeah, that's basically a summarized version of that scene. What say you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I really like the, 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 the scene when they all board the steamboat because you learn that, you know, okay, O'Connell is taking Evie and Jonathan to go find Hamanantra, but you learn that there's other interested parties and you sort of meet them and you sort of get a quick introduction to them on the boat. The other thing that happens on the boat that I think is very, very interesting is before Evie goes to her room and gets attacked by uh, one of the one of the guys at the Jem'Hada, she sits down with O'Connell and O'Connell sort of gives her assurance that he's really been to... Uh, you know, um, you know, um, uh, Harmonatra, right? He says that lady, if lady, if, if, if the city is not real, then why did my whole goddamn garrison believe in it so much that they abandoned their post? They, 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 they abandoned their post and they drove into the desert without food or water for days to try and find it. And also, a really, really interesting thing that happens in this scene is that Evie is sort of wondering why uh, why O'Connell kissed her uh, uh, back in the prison. And he goes, um, I was just about to be hanged. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And I... I just... I just love that line because it is, it is something that a guy would do. A guy that's close to death. Hey, hey, if I can, if I, if I can draw out one last second of happiness... Why not? Let's kiss this woman. Why not? I'm about to die anyway. So I just love that moment. Yeah, you can see visibly she gets pissed off. She's like, what? Because she doesn't, she doesn't, get, yeah, from your perspective, yeah, of course, he's going to die. Why not kiss a girl? But from her perspective, it's like, oh, that's fucked. <laughs> yeah. So uh, moving on. Now, uh, Rick, Evie, and Jonathan, they've they've got some camels because they had horses on the steamboat, but what happened is when everybody jumped off the steamboat, they went on opposite sides of the river. Benny and his crew were on one side and he had all the horses and Rick <laughs> was on his side and he had no horses. But the thing is, <laughs> Benny was on the wrong side of the river, so he couldn't use the horses anyway. Um, so anyway, 
Rick, Evie, and Jonathan. O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looks like you, looks like I got all the horses. Hey, Benny, it looks like on your, it looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, have, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they get camels, they barter, they get camels, and they they actually end up meeting up in the desert um, with Benny oh, and his team. Funny. And they stop, and nobody's saying anything. And Evie says, "Well, what the, what are they doing?" And Rick says, "We're about to be shown the way." And I love that dialogue. And you're like, what? And so the sun rises. And as the sun rises, rises it it actually lights up Hamanaptra. And, but it wasn't there before, but it lights it up, which I think is really fucking cool. And then both sides, because they've got a wager who's going to be there first, both sides race towards it. Evie gets there first. Look, I'm not sure if a camel could outrun a horse. I d- maybe it could. Like, I don't know. I didn't research it. But Evie gets there first and then Rick and then followed by the by, by the other guys. But um, uh, what say you about that scene? I don't well 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 first of all I just have to comment on the genius scene that happened a little bit before that when they sort of walked ashore and Benny figured out that he was I I I just sort of ruined it and I sort of just stepped on poor Dean and I and I physically mouthed out the scene but the scene where Benny figures out that he's on the wrong side of the river is so good um but um to to move to your point I think it's very very cool that O'Connell and obviously Benny knows where 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 they where they need to go to find out how to get to Hamanatra. But I think it's very cool that if you're in a certain spot in the desert at a certain time, the sun will sort of show you the way to Hamanatra by revealing it at a certain time. I think that's so cool. I'm with you. I don't know if a camel could outrun a horse, but it works for the scene and it works for the moment, I guess. Yeah, like it doesn't. It's it's not an it's a non-issue for me. I don't I don't even care. Um, so now we're at Hamanaptra, and both teams are digging in different locations. Um, they are what is it? Rick, Evie, and Jonathan enter a cavern. Um, the what did I write here? Save Rick's blah 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 blah. Oh, okay. So sorry, this is I had to read that first. I was like, what the fuck is this? So the warden from the prison, he's come along because it's his investment. He's not gonna fucking let them go by themselves. So he's come along with them, he's with them. And so he's wandered off from the group. And we know what happens in movies when they wander off. They get dead badly. So he's kind of wandered off and he comes across an artwork, an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian artwork with what he thinks are jewels, gems, encrusted into the art. So what does he do? He starts taking them off. But what they are and what we've already seen from the beginning is they're scarabs. And we know what scarabs do. They eat living flesh. So, but it hasn't happened yet. Spoiler alert, it comes up, but it hasn't happened yet. So that's that's that scene. Um, that's another short scene just after that is where we cross to Benny's crew. Um, they're in another cavern and they try to open Seti's tomb. So they've got, um, someone like Evie with them and he's able to decipher hieroglyphs and he says it's Seti's tomb and there's like, there's like a curse and, you know, the guys with them, they're like, well, fuck, I don't want to fucking open it. And he's like, let the locals open it. So they've got local Egyptians with them. And so the Egyptians mm-hmm. go up and 
and and and they they open this tomb and as they open it this acid sprays out and basically melts their faces and it's just like not not a pretty way to die so what say you about those before i move on those two things yeah, I yeah, I thought that those two scenes were very very cool. Uh, specifically, the 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 one about the idiot warn the idiot warden taking those scarabs off the wall. The minute he took those scarabs off the wall, when I was watching this movie today in preparation for this conversation, I was like, "You're gonna get it, you son of a bitch! You're gonna get it." Also, I really like that scene where the other team is trying to find a way into the tomb, and one one member of the team points out. To the guy who's leading this team, he 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 says he looks at where O'Connell, EVR, and Jonathan are, and he says, "Do they know something that we don't know?" And the and the guy who's leading the other team goes, "They're led by a woman. What does she know?" And then the director does something very very cool. The second after he says that, it cuts to Evie reading something on like a, 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 a you know you know on one of the. Uh, on one of the caves that they're on one of the caves that they're excavating, I think I think that's a very very cool scene. But I think the button to the scene, yeah, I mean you already mentioned it when the when the local diggers open up the the door to the tomb that they're trying to get into, they 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 uh, their faces get mounted off. I think that's very very cool and it's a great uh, effect. Yeah, it was, it was quick, but it was it was a great effect. It was it basically sets up fucking everything. So. Uh, we cut back to Jonathan, Evie, and um, Rick, and Evie and Rick are kind of sitting down having a conversation, and Jonathan is hitting rocks with a stick, like kind of playing golf, because they don't really know where to go. They're like, okay, the other the other people are in the location they want it to be in. So it's like, so he just keeps hitting rocks with a stick, and and then all of a sudden a tomb falls right in front of them, a hidden tomb that was above them, um, buried at the base of Anubis. Anubis, and it's kind—it ch- just kind of crashes in front of them, and they're like, "What? <laughs> Lucky, right?" Yeah. And then we cut back to the guy that wandered off, and he's the one that's stealing the scarabs, and he drops one of the scarabs or the, the scarabs on the sand, and the sand kind of activates them. And it makes them come alive, and you're kind of like, oh, and it's unbeknownst to him, he's still fucking taking them off the fucking paintings. And so what it does is it is it chews through his shoe, and it puts it buries him itself under his skin, and it what makes his way up his leg, up his stomach, into his face, basically behind his eye, and you just hear him screaming. You think he's dead? Then he's not, but you think he's dead. So, um. What say you about those two scenes? Look, the scene where the tomb crashes in front of them, I mean, look, it's a bit convenient, I guess. There was there was nothing really to to push for. Like it was just like, oh, it has to happen. This is how we can make it happen. This is how we can push the story forward. I don't have an issue, but it was just a bit convenient. Yeah, you know what? I look, I didn't have an issue with it either because I saw I saw this movie when I was a kid before I became a writer, but if I could just could do a little bit of reworking for this one moment, it would have been really cool if we would have seen Evie and Jonathan walking through the tomb and then Evie figuring out where this tomb was by opening up like a secret room or something. It would have been cool if we would have seen Evie sort of try and figure out where they were in the tomb or or or, or try and figure out where this where this tomb was and have her 
and have her and them come upon it organically rather than just doing that. But I, but I do, I do defend the filmmaker's choice by doing that because it also shows that Jonathan is sort of a bumbling idiot because it's the second time that he sort of fell, fallen into something. The first time he sort of saved Evie from getting killed by one of the Jim Hadai on the boat by, by bumping into him. And, and as a result, he caught, he caught on fire. And now he sort of is the one that was, was responsible, was responsible for them for, uh, um, uh, running into Emotep. So it kind of works, but it doesn't. And yeah. um, and that one scene when the, with the scarab going up that going up the warden's body, that was really cool because you saw the scarab going uh, going going up his body and eating his flesh from the inside. <laughs> yeah. And the scarab actually doesn't. The scarab actually goes uh, goes behind his eye and eats his brain. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, um, moving on, we have so Evie's looking at the tomb that's just fallen in front of them. She's trying to find out who it, who it is, and so so she deciphers the hieroglyphics, and she says it's it's all it says is he who shall not be named, and they is see he, the uh, is is he uh, is he Lord Voldemort? Voldemort. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> who knows? Could be. Yeah. Who knows? So, I'm sorry. So they see maybe that's where she got it from. I don't know. But anyway, anyway. Yeah, right. so they see um, like a, a lock that's in the shape of a star and Evie recognizes it and goes, wait a minute, that's, that's, we've got that. So she grabs it and she puts the star into the lock and it kind of clicks into place. But before she has a chance to unlock it, she hears yelling, they all hear, hear yelling and they're like, what? So they go and investigate what it is. And it's the guy with the scarab that's eating his brain and he's kind of running, just running. Like he's just got no... He's screaming, actually. He's screaming and running, and then he just runs into a wall and just fucking kills himself because this scarab is kind of eating his brain. That's it. He's dead. And so they don't know what's happened. They're like, oh, okay. But look, he was a funny character, so it's a shame. He did get funny dialogue, but, um, you know, I don't care. Anyway, so there's commotion going up above. They go up above, and the guards of the pharaoh, they've, they've basically come in guns blazing. They're shooting. Rick's shooting back. The other team is shooting back. Um, they're trying to stop them from digging anymore, and they basically said, "You have one day to leave. You can't be here, otherwise, we're going to come back and we're fucking you're going to die. You have one day to leave." So at this point, they still don't know. Like, why don't they? Are they obviously like they're protecting the treasure, right? No, they're protecting that they don't want them to find Imhotep, but they don't know this. Um, okay, what say you about those two scenes before I move on? Yeah, I, 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 I think I. I think those two scenes are very, very cool. But the one thing I was thinking throughout the scene, I'm like, okay, the pharaohs, they built pyramids. They built great structures. But I'm like, guys, you made one key for everything. Why did you guys not make separate keys for separate sarcophaguses? Why did you make one key that opens up everything? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, And, you know, and, you know, and, and, and and this also kind of bothered me too. I know O'Connell, the other guys, Jonathan. I know they're all there for the treasure, but it like it really bothers me that Evie doesn't really sort of get that the reason that these guys could be threatening them could be threatening them is because something is something is there that is worse 
than what they could possibly ever imagine. It really bugs me that nobody ever really takes what they takes what the Jem Hadai say seriously until shit yeah. starts to hit the fan, which it will in a couple of minutes. Because they don't know who they are. It's just these guys in black with tattoos coming in saying fuck off. Like they've never introduced themselves. They don't say what they're doing there. It's just like, do you know what I mean? Like they don't right. even want to stand there around and talk. They just come in, try and shoot them and go leave. Like, but why? Like, what do you, why don't you just sit down and tell us what we're doing wrong? Like, are we breaking right, the right. law? Like what, what, what is it? But they don't want to chat. They just, yeah, I feel like I, look, there wouldn't be a movie if they just went, listen, guys. No, of course not. You can't be, <laughs> there'd be no movie. Um, yeah. So, um, where am I? Right. So. Back to Benny's team. Benny's team, um, obviously nobody fucking leaves. Benny's team is digging and they find an entombed box um, with hieroglyphs on it. And the guy reads it and basically says, it's cursed. Whoever opens (laughs) it will die. Uh, And he says, if the undead is resurrected, it will kill all who open the box in order to regenerate. Uh, Clearly nobody fucking believes this but benny because benny is there and benny goes basically fuck this turns tails and run he believes it he's like nope not staying here for this um so the other guys go yeah we don't care they open the box which is quite easy to open to be perfectly they just twist it and take the top off um and then this kind of wind blows out not acid but just this wind blows out and so you know yeah so you know something's happened and you know they're going to get dead because we're watching a movie called the mummy so they're we know gonna they're going to get – they're all going to get dead. So now we're back with Jonathan. Um, Jonathan puts the key oh, no, but in the – Hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, do, you, do you just want to mention what they find in the box? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Tell us, tell us, tell us what they find in the box. Anyway, these idiots for, – for, first, first off, we just want to point out that – excuse me, guys. If you're ever, like, on, a, like, an Indiana Jones excavation, if you're ever in the pyramids searching for gold treasure or whatever, and if you come across a box that reads, you know, if you open this up, you're going to die, please don't open it up. Please don't open it up. Because I'm like, why do people always open it up? The warnings are right on the box. Why – it's like it's like it's like why do you why do you guys think the the ancients put the warnings on the boxes, but 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 that's neither here nor there. What's in the box that these guys open is the Book of the Dead, and I love that. I I love the reaction that the guys have. They're like, "What? This is a treasure. It's just a fucking book." But I also love that the that the guy who's leading them, like the archaeologist guy who's leading them, says. Gentlemen, this is a treasure. And I love that in the bottom of the box, they have like, there's like gold jars or something like that. So that pacifies the guys who actually care about treasure and don't care about, uh, don't care about uh, history from Egypt. Yeah, so it's so they find the Book of the Dead, um, which is priceless. Um, yeah, and they find um, canopic jars. Which, which uh, they're, they're probably used, so I don't know how much they'd go for because they have organs in them. But they would go for a lot, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know what? You, you know what? When, mm. when I was watching this today, when, uh, when that scene came along, 
and they and they you know because these guys take the jars and they have them walking around i'm like guys you do know that there are organs in those jars right so i'm wondering <laughs> no. did, um, so i'm wondering did they open up the jars and take the organs out or they just do not know that there's, there are organs in there they don't know they don't know okay at all huh? um no. so now we're with jonathan he puts this the key the star key in the lock of the tomb he turns it and he opens it and basically it's a decaying mummy um inside um and they take the top of the sarcophagus off and evie looks at the inside and she sees claw marks and she goes oh my god it looks like they buried someone alive because it looks like someone was clawing clawing to get out um so okay that's that's that scene so tell me before i move on that's that scene yeah i uh again i really uh the the thing that we haven't mentioned uh about this movie yet and it's kind of shocking that we haven't. But the but the production design of this movie is just great. I really love well well I said it. I really love the 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 old school feel to this movie, the 1950s feel to it, the 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 monster movie feel to it. And I do absolutely love the production design of Harmonatra, the caves, and the actual mummy that they that they you know exhume. For some reason, he should be a lot older and a lot more musty, but for some reason, he's very juicy. And Evie brings this up, and I think that that is a big indication of something else that's going to happen here in just a few minutes. But I absolutely love this scene because I just love the production design, and I love the act of the mummy coming out and what Evie says and, and, and everything that happens uh, in, a, in just a few moments. Yeah, because it's like... It's the second inciting incident of the movie because this now pushes the movie into a new narrative, um, which I really like. And look, look, Marcelo, look what I've got written down. I've got, I've literally got, um, they find the box, the cursed box, they open it and a whoosh of like smoke comes out. And then the next scene is um, Jonathan puts the star key in turns it and the mummy comes out and then the next scene after that we go back to the guys with the box and that's when they bring out the book of the dead you totally stepped on my fucking coattails (laughs) and i'm like and i'm like wait did i not write down that the that they find the book of the dead but that's the next scene Oh wow! Okay. What, what okay, am I going to okay, do with well, you? What am I going to do okay, with you? Okay, no. Well, 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 so, well, well now I feel I got, like I've forgotten got, something. No, I was just like I got the order. <laughs> I, I got the I got the order wrong. It's my fault. It's my fault. This is why order. I write stuff down because if I didn't, I'd be all over the fucking joint. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right. My fault. My fault. I, I was like, bad, did I think? I was like, did no. I forget the book of the dead? How could I no. do that? <laughs> My fault. And then, and then the next line is, they find the book of the dead. I'm like, I knew it. I knew I wasn't stupid. I knew I fucking ripped it down. God damn. My fault. My so fault. anyway, the next scene is, uh, we're back above ground. Evie sees um, one of the guys. The guys, the the from the other team. He's got the book of the dead. He's trying to open it. She notices that it's got a star lock on it. And she's got the key. So she notices he's trying to open it. She she looks at him. She's like, uh, you need a key for that. And he kind of looks at her and he's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> so, um, uh, so basically Evie starts talking to Rick and she says, um, whoever was in that tomb must have been evil as only the worst are buried alive and if re- resurrected will bring the ten plagues of Egypt with them. So 
um, the other guy who was struggling to open the book, he's fallen asleep with the book in his hands. And so Evie clearly knows what the book is. She knows it's the Book of the Dead. She wants it. She goes. She slowly takes it out of his hands while he's sleeping. He doesn't notice. She goes away to base to her base camp and she puts the key and turns it. It unlocks. She opens it and she starts reading out loud from the book. And then we see the best line of the movie. <laughs> we see the 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 guy um, that she stole it from, he wakes up and he notices he doesn't have the book and she's reading from the book. And as she's reading for the, from the book, we see the mummy that they um, unearthed come alive. We see it start to move and we're like, oh no, stop reading. And so anyway, the guy that had the book that was sleeping, he starts running towards her and he says, no, you must not read from the book. And she's just like, what? So even though Evie is smart, she's also not smart. <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of like I, I kind of like because it moves it moves the story forward. But in another sense, it's kind of like, should she have known that? I don't know. What say you? Yeah, but here's the thing. Look, when she took the book, she was not aware that these guys, VV the other team, opened up a cursed box. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, That's if, she true. Would have known, if she would have known that they opened up a cursed box, she wouldn't have read from the Book of the Dead in the first place. By the, you know, the other, the, the other, the other thing I just want to say, that line that you just said, that line is such a good line because he wakes up and he goes, oh my God, you must not read from that book. It's such a good line. Yeah. Huh? So good. So such good. a good line. Such a good line. So, uh, so after she's reading from the book, same scene, we're still in the same scene, a plague of locusts like blast towards them. Um, so they're all kind of running into the cavern underneath and, uh, I look, this break, look, I, look, I don't know. I don't know this character, but this always, I always remember this guy, the guy that loses his glasses, right? <laughs> I feel so bad for him. So they all run underneath. Uh, where they found the tomb to get away from the locusts. And one guy trips and he's got glasses on and he loses his glasses and they all, they all forget about him. They all run. And so there's like silence and he's by himself and he's like, um, can someone help me find my glasses? And as he says that Benny fucking Benny runs past him, steps on his glasses, breaks his glasses. And it's like, Oh, like as if he couldn't be like more fucking annoyed. So he starts hearing noises and he, he can't see. And then he starts seeing someone standing in front of him, but it's like blurry and he's like trying to like, oh, you just feel so fucking bad for him. And then there's like a noise behind him and he turns around. And the 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 emotion on this actor's face is so awesome. It's so like you never see what he's looking at, but it's just like, oh, that doesn't look good. Like you just like the, just the facial expression of this guy is like awesome. So um, what do you think about that before I move on? Yeah, that that scene was quite wonderful. As a kid, as a kid, this was one of the scenes that freaked the shit out of me. It was this scene, and it was the scene with the with the with the scarabs eating our eating our friend, the the uh, the warden. But this scene is so so good because it's a classic monster movie scene, and it's a really good scene. And the great thing about it is it builds up tension without really showing you anything. It just shows you a quick. T it just shows you uh, some some quick shots, a blurry figure, and the key to the scene is the reaction of this actor. And like you said, his reaction is so fucking good 
that's just so terrified after you hear him scream. Yeah, yeah, I I, lo- I love his reaction. So we're back to we're we're with Evie, Rick, and Jonathan, and they're all running away from. There's like thousands of scarabs now, let loose. They're they're chasing them. Um, Evie falls back into like a hidden room by herself, and so she sees the guy who lost his glasses, and he's facing away from her, and he's like she tries to go up to him. She touches his shoulder, and he turns, and his eyes are gone. His tongue is gone, and it's just like like. You know, as a teenager watching this, I was this is fucking terrifying. Then the mummy jumps out and he looks at her. He's about to like kill her and he looks at her and he says, Anak Sunamun. And so you're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's bad. That's very, very fucking bad. Um, Rick and Jonathan come around the corner, they find Evie, and then Rick looks at the mummy, and Brendan Fraser is so good in this movie. He's just looking at it like, what the fuck is that? And so what Rick just gets his gun out, fucking shoots the mummy and grabs Evie and they all run out. Um, when they run out of the, the cabin, they come face to face with the guards of the Pharaoh, um, who basically says they've unleashed something they have feared for over 3,000 years and no mortal weapon can kill it. And and Rick keeps saying, I got him, I shot him. And they're like, no, no, he's 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 immortal. No mortal weapon can kill him. So what did you think about those scenes? Yeah, I, I really, really love those scenes. And I, I really love the first time that we see the mummy – in his in his uh in his uh decayed state of being because you got to remember folks this movie came out at, at at the very end of the 90s so it was just about to turn to the 2000s and the special effects in this movie for the time i mean i saw this movie today and i was like damn this the the mummy still looks good i mean it's not it's not great and it's definitely not up to today's visual effects standards but the mummy in this movie looks great do you know why um why because the effects were done by industrial light and magic that's why aha there we go that's why it looks so good yep continue because because industrial light magic is the best special effects house in yes uh in the world Mm -hmm. i don't i don't care i don't care what you say it is Weta, come at me, fools. But Industrial Light Magic, <laughs> they're the best. Yep. Um, anyway, so I, I just love the way that the mummy looks. And I also love Evie's reaction when she sees the mummy. She turns and she goes, ah! She just freaks out. And I love her reaction. And I also love Rick's reaction when he first sees the mummy. Like you said, he looks at it very inquisitively, but he doesn't shoot it right away. He screams at it. And then he shoots it. Yes, that's right. He does a lot of screaming in this movie. <laughs> I don't know what he thinks that's going to accomplish, but he does. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, yeah. but it was just it, it was just it was just really great. And if I just could say a quick uh, a one last thing mm-hmm. about when Evie comes across this guy who's just been mortally attacked by the by Emotep, mm-hmm. and his eyes are missing and his tongue are missing. Again, the visual effects that have this guy's eyes missing and his tongue missing. It's mm. just great. I, I thought yeah, it is. I thought that Industrial Light Magic did a fantastic job with this movie. They did. They did. Next scene, I love this scene. We're back with Benny. He's still running around the cavern. He 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 hasn't found a way out. Like no, because he ran away, so he's not with anybody. Um so he's running around and then he bumps into the he comes into a room and he bumps into the mummy. And he's just like fuck so it's just him and mummy him in the him and mummy him and the mummy in the room and so he starts i don't i don't know how the writer came up with this but it's so genius he pulls out a cross and he starts saying a prayer and he goes oh okay that's not working so he pulls out every single religious trinket he has (laughs) 
he has like 20 religious trinkets around oh his neck and he starts he starts chanting in like arabic and then he starts chanting in chinese and taiwanese and all he and he goes nope not that one okay uh which god is going to save me basically and so but so he's up against a wall and he pulls out the star of david and the mummy kind of steps back and he recognizes it and he goes and the mummy says that's the language of the slaves and he tells him i have a use for you and it's like oh okay and so you're like oh as if benny wasn't bad enough now he's going to be working with the mummy what are your thoughts i absolutely love this scene because at first if you've never seen this movie before you'd be like oh my god this is where benny's gonna get his comeuppance but no the fact that benny has all these different crosses from all these different religions tells you two things. He doesn't believe in a faith and he's very, um, I, I guess he's very cautious or he's very, very ready or he's very, very practical. I thought that, I, I thought that was very, very genius because, uh, because of, of all the ways that I could imagine Benny getting out of the situation, him pulling up all those different, all the different religious symbols. I, I didn't think of. So the, the writer of this film and the director of the film, because the director wrote this movie as well, that scene was just a stroke of genius by my estimation. Oh, it was. The writing in this movie is so top-notch. I mean, it's just top-notch. So now we've got a series of, like, little scenes. We're back with Evie and Rick, and they're having an argument in the hotel room because he wants to get the fuck out of there. He's like, fuck, let's go. And she's like, no, but we, we, we resurrected him. We need to put him back. And so they're just like at odds. And it's funny because he keeps packing her clothes in the suitcase and she keeps taking them out. So everything he puts in, she takes out. She's like, I'm not going. And he's like, we are going. And so it's just a nice little... It's a nice little scene because you can see he wants to protect her because he likes her. And she's just like, well, no, I'm not leaving until I kind of put him back. Like, you can't just let this guy run around. Like, he's going to kill the kill the whole world. And Rick's like, I don't care. And she's like, but you live in the world. You should care. And he's like, no, but I don't care. So we've got that scene. There's a little scene after that uh, where Rick goes to the bar to kind of get out of his head. He bumps into someone called Winston, who's a pilot. That's 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 a setup for another scene it's just it's just a little scene um and then the another little scene after that uh, we go to benny benny brings imhotep to the guy that lost his glasses um the guy that has no eyes the guy that has no Bam, tongue. poor guy man yeah and he and he and he basically bring, because imhotep needs to kill everybody because the inscription on the box was whoever opens the box imhotep's that the mummy the undead's going to kill so he can't just take his eyes and tongue he's got to kill him um, in order to regenerate, in order to become Imhotep from the beginning of the movie. And so Benny brings him to the glasses guy uh, to finish the job, and he does, he kills the guy. So those three scenes, thoughts? I love the scene with Rick and uh, Evie in the bedroom because this scene also this scene also um, gives you – gives you an idea of, of of how their relationship has progressed in in the film. I, I I think I think I think um Brendan Fraser and and the beautiful Rachel Weiss, uh Mrs. James Bond, had a wonderful had a wonderful chemistry, not only in this film, but also the sequel. And I think that it just irradiates off of them in this particular scene. And like you mentioned, I loved when wh- wh- I loved when Rick was putting all the crap in her suitcase and she kept taking it out and taking it out. Also, I love the button on the scene 
when Rick goes, okay, you want to stay here? Fine. And she goes, fine. And Rick goes, okay, fine. And he just leaves. I love it. I love it. Also, I love the scene in the bar when we get introduced to this pilot who, who basically, I think he fought in one of the world wars and he was upset that he, that, that all his other mates died in battle and he, and, 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 and he's the only one basically left from his unit. And he's basically in Cairo drinking himself to death, which is important. But I also, hmm. I, I, I really, really love that the writer put in tiny little things throughout this movie that he's going to pay off at some point. Yes, yes, exactly. I love the little setups and, and payoffs. So we're back at the bar with Rick. He's, he's, he's with Jonathan and they start drinking their shots and they kind of go, oh, what's this? So the drinks, all the alcohol, all, all, the, all the beverages have turned into blood, which is basically one of the plagues. So we've, got, we've had locusts. Now this is the, the water turns into, into blood. There's another plague. Um, so Rick goes back um, and sees Evie and they discover the glasses guy dead and the mummy is getting stronger. And the mummy's in, in the room and so they, they – they go to like the mummy goes to sort of kind of like get them, and then the mummy sees a cat. There's there's a, there's a white cat in the room, and the mummy just fucking freaks the fuck out, and just like just freaks out like a child seeing a spider, and just turns into into sand and just like rotates his ass out of the room. So what say you? Yeah, um, that scene was very very cool. Um, I you know you know I love the scene when they were all drinking and the and the you know, and the and the and the alcohol that they were drinking, or whatever they have new drinking, turned into blood. I thought that was very cool. But again, I thought it was very important. Once they went up to the room and they saw the the poor guy with the glasses dead, and they and they came upon the mummy again, I thought it was very very important that you saw the cat, because before you don't nobody nobody sort of nobody sort of sat down with us and said okay. You're chasing a mummy. You got to do this, this, and this to kill him. I love how while they're dealing with the mummy, they discover these things on the way. No, nobody sits down and ever tells them how to handle this. They discover it as they go along. And one of the things that they discover, specifically in this scene, is that the is that the mummy is afraid of a cat for a specific reason, which we'll find out a little bit later on. But I just love that scene because of that little thing so moving on um they go to visit evie's boss um at the um museum of antiquities for more information because she thinks he's got more information and he basically reveals he's a part of the guards of um of the pharaoh who protect hamanaptra and so now we understand why he was trying to say hamanaptra is a myth that's not real. And now we know why he tried to burn the map. Like, and now we know how the guards of the Pharaoh knew that they were on that steamboat heading for Hamanaptra because he told them. And so guys, mm? sorry. Sorry. Just one moment. Go, go, go. Guys, this is what we call laying hats on the ground. And you know what the writer did by laying all these hats on the ground? This is what we call payoff, set up and payoff. Yes, exactly. Sorry. sorry So every, it, what he said just there makes everything else make sense. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. And so Rick says, what's the deal with cats? There and you he go. Says, and he says, he fears cats because they are the guardians of the underworld, which is why I love this movie because that is actually true. 
the the ancient pharaohs, the ancient Egyptians worshipped cats because they were the guardians of the underworld. And this is why I love this movie so much. The writer has put so much accurate lore into this movie. I think people think, oh, it's just made up. It's not made up. <laughs> this is what they believed. So I just, I love that. So anyway, so that makes sense. So then basically Rick spots Benny and he's like, he fucking chases him down and he interrogates him and he says, what does the mummy want? He knows he's working with the mummy. He says, what does he want? And he says he wants the Book of the Dead to bring back his lost love, Anak Sunamun. Um, obviously, they don't want that to happen. Um, so the mummy uh, basically kills another guy who opened the box, uh, regenerates more. So he's got to kill like five, four or five of them. So he kills another one, regenerates. Every time he regenerates, he looks more and more human and less and less like a mummy, which is what I like. Um, it just, it, I don't know. It's a good effect. I like it. And so he's starting to look human now. So what say you about that? Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned the way that the writer structured this film and I, I, I really, really appreciate writers who do historical biopics or, or do any or, 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 or write a film based on, uh, on another event. I really appreciate writers who make things as accurate as they need to be for the story because there are a lot of movies in Hollywood that are a lot about a lot of myths. But 99% of the times, the writer is too fucking lazy to look up anything and they just make up shit, you know, you know right off the bat. And 99% of audience members aren't, they, they don't care. But there are those select few like me and Dean who care about accuracy when watching things like this. So we do, so, so, I, so I just do appreciate that as well. Also, I thought it was a really, really good twist that Evie's boss was, was working with the Jem'Hadai. I thought that was very, very cool. As a kid, I didn't see that coming. But as an adult, I really appreciate that reveal more and more and more. And I do also appreciate that every time the, the mummy kills a member of the guys who open up the box, he gets younger and younger. And I and I and I do like the 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 up uh the the visual effects of him sort of sort of you know being put back together, but there are pieces of him that still are mummy, but you know, then he looks regular. So so I do that I do like that visual effect by industrial light magic. So now we're in a hotel room with one of the other guys that opened the box and he's alone. And I, I like this shot that the, that the, that the director used. Um, he, he hears a noise out the window and he kind of grabs his gun and he points his gun to the window. And then the, the camera, he does this thing with the camera where it pans to the wall and all you see is this guy's shadow and all you see is this, this, this the 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 audio of something coming into the room. You see this the 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 shadow of this guy getting lifted up and just be, basically being squeezed dry um, by the mummy. Like he's going from human to like skeleton, and that's it. That's that's the whole scene. And I think that's that's just such a a good way of not only saving money on budget, um, but it's just a really cool way to film a death scene. I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah, I couldn't agree with you more and more. I couldn't agree with you more because to this point, everybody that the mummy has killed, we have basically seen it. And I think that in this specific instance, the writer and the director of this film wanted to change it up, and he wanted to do something stylistic. And I think 
with him setting up the shot of this guy looking out the window, being lifted up by Imhotep, and us seeing his death by watching his shadow on the wall is such a great visual visual way to show us a, a person dying. I I I just mm. think it's great. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so now, so basically, he's almost regenerated. He's I think he's got one more guy to go. So now we're back with his Evie. cheek is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, his cheek is fucked up. Um, so yeah, there's just little patches of him that still looks kind of mummy. Uh, so back we we're back with Evie. So Evie Evie's realized that they need to find the other book, um, the book of Amun, Amun Ra, which is encrusted in gold in order to kill him. So that would have the the um, contents to lift lift the curse and to kill him. And then they start hearing. So she's trying to find out like where the fuck this book is. She's reading hieroglyphs. Then they start to hear chanting, Imhotep, Imhotep, and you're like, what? And so they look out the window. Hundreds of people are chanting as if, like, brainwashed into worshipping him, and they're like, oh, shit. So we're, so Evie's, they're like, oh, you got to hurry up, Evie. So Evie's looking at these hieroglyphs, and she's she finds out the Book of Amun-Ra is at, the, is at Hamanaptra inside the statue of Horus. So another great way... Be, to go back to back to Hamanaptra <laughs> because um, Imhotep has to go back to Hamanaptra to do what he needs to do, and they also need to go back to find the book. So that was, I think, another awesome, awesome way to get everybody back to the city of the dead. Um, just quickly, Imhotep kills the last guy um, that opened the box, and now he's kind of fully regenerated. He's got his minions behind him. Um, there's a there's he also a car- killed- yeah. I'm sorry. He also killed the uh, the the, uh, the the librarian guy that was leading the other team. He killed him. In, he killed him in a in a in a uh, in a in a he he killed him while he was walking on the street. Yeah, yeah, because um, he was one of the ones that opened the box. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, he corners Imhotep, corners Rick, Evie, and Jonathan. His his minions are behind him. They can't get away, and. He puts his hand out and he basically it's it's actually quite funny because he wants Evie. <laughs> and he puts his hand out and Benny's there and and he's saying Imhotep is talking in, in ancient Egyptian or Arabic and Benny is translating. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, I, I want to take you forever. And 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 Evie's like, for all eternity, you idiot. <laughs> and so you're like, oh, she knows, obviously she knows what he's saying. And I just thought that that was so funny. Benny's like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, there's nothing, there's nothing that they can do. And she basically looks at Rick and says, you better come find me because if he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. <laughs> so she has no choice. She goes with Imhotep. Um, they... They get away. They they get away through the the tunnels. There's like a there's a there's a manhole cover. There's they like get a away. There's, yeah, there's like a drain that they jump into. Um, her boss dies because she's he's trying to like keep them keep his um, brainwashed like minions at bay. Um, and then uh, Rick enlists Winston because they have to get to Imhotep. Uh, Imhotep. They have to get to Hamanaptra fast. And so Rick goes, oh. We're going to get Winston to fly us because there was a setup of Winston before. It wasn't just some ding, random ding, ding, person. Ding. Yeah. It was like, oh, Winston, he, he lo- wants to go into – Yeah, love the riding. He wants to go into battle. Okay, he's got a plane. So he flies them to Hamanapcha to try and rescue Evie. 
Um, Imhotep knows this. Imhotep tries to stop them by like creating a sand storm and trying to oh, crash their so plane. Great. So great. Um, and Evie is like, oh my god, oh my god. And so to stop him from killing them, because you can see this is so such a good effect. You can see this little plane, and you can see this sandstorm, like basically, it's like a, a hand or a face, like basically about to swallow them up. It's and a Evie, face. it's a face. And Evie kisses Imhotep, and he kind of goes, oh, and it snaps him out of it. Um, and she's like, huh. And just look on her face. It's just like, huh, I did it, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the plane crashes, um, and poor Winston dies in the plane, uh, but that's okay because that's how he wanted to die. So it wasn't yeah. really that sad. That's how he wanted to die. So anyway, thoughts. Yes. I absolutely love Rick, Jonathan, and, uh, the guy from Jim Haddock. I can't, I, do, do we ever find out his name in this movie or is that in the second uh, one? His name is Arden Bay, but it's never said in the movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I I love that Rick, um, Rick, Jonathan, and Auden Bay go to Winston, and I love I love while um, uh, uh, Winston O'Connell, Jonathan, and Auden Bay are flying the plane. Um, Jonathan and Auden Bay are basically uh, are basically are basically lashed to the wings of the plane, and and Rick is in the Rick is in the gunner seat. And Rick just goes over to Jonathan, who was hanging out there on one of the wings. He goes, are you okay? And he goes to the other guy and he goes, are you okay? It's just a great moment. And that scene when Imhotep makes that cloud of dust and he, and he tries to kill Rick and all the other, and, and all the other guys, it's just great. Oh, the other wonderful thing about that scene is the effect when the plane is trying to go through the, go through the storm cloud. There's this really quick shot of Winston of Winston going, you know, he starts laughing, he starts cackling hysterically, and he goes, Here I come, laddies, and he just and he just laughs with such joy. I thought it was so great. Um but also Evie's Evie's solution to make Imhotep stop the cloud of dust is also great. Yeah, the whole scene's awesome. So Rick and Jonathan um reach the cavern at Habanaptra. Imhotep knows that they're there, and basically he casts a spell, bringing um, it's a kind of like ro- the rock carvings uh, to life to basically hold them hold them at bay. His priests, I think. Yeah, that, it's his priests. His priests. Yeah, he, but his priests are like rock carvings. I don't know. Yeah, that's this. I don't know. But they they are his priests. Rock mummies. Yeah, they're rock mummies. So, um, Rick and Jonathan come. Uh, they basically come to the treasure room. They find the treasure room because, honestly, you've forgotten that there's fucking tre- treasure in Hamanapcha. It's been Imhotep the whole time. And so when they come on the treasure, come to the treasure room, it's like, oh, yeah, there's treasure. We forgot that there's treasure. And listen, this treasure room is so epic. I mean, it puts every other treasure room to fucking shame. It is, it's just like, it's just fucking awesome. And so they're war. Jonathan fucking can't believe his fucking eyes. He's like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit. Like, this is like, yeah. fuck- look, if he would have died in there, I think he would have been fucking happy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they're walking through looking at all this treasure and then the mummies, the- you see these mummies' hands burst up from the ground, which is awesome. They could have come in the door. They didn't. They came from underneath, which is fucking great. And it looked fucking great because it looked like it was. Um, it didn't look like it was CG. It looked like it was actual, like, uh, physical effects. Um, so then they try to kill them, obviously. 
Um, oh, oh, and this is when they this is when we find out they're Imhotep's priests because it's said. So Benny also finds the treasure room, and we know he doesn't really get out. <laughs> like he does, but he doesn't. So um, Rick uh, Rick actually finds the statue of Horus after he's defeated all the fucking priests minions. He finds the statue of Horus, and Jonathan finds the book of Amun Ra. Um, before I go on, thoughts. I love the fact that, you know, you know, for, for, for a lot of this movie, or at the beginning of the movie, we understand that Harmonatra is a city of gold. And as we go on this quest, we sort of forget that the city that everybody wants to get to has gold in it. So I love that the writer, that you, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago. I, I love that the, I love that the writer of this movie set, set up our characters to go on this quest. They they got there, they leave, and then for the finale of this movie, I love that the writer brings everybody back to the original place that they were trying to get to in the first place. I love that. Yeah, full circle. And I also love that the that the writer of this movie reminds us that guys, there's treasure here. And mm. I love Jonathan's reaction of how he starts begging with Ricky goes, Can't we just and Rick goes, No. <laughs> Yeah, huh? I yeah. absolutely love that, and I also love the fact that Benny, him being the little weasel that he is, sort of runs away from everyone and starts stealing the treasure and starts going in and out of, of of the of the structure, and he starts piling bags with gold and putting it and and trying to lasso one of the camels mm. over to yeah. put the bag on top of the camel. Do you know what's funny about that scene? In that scene. This is not in my trivia. I just, I just remembered this. Um, when he, when Benny actually goes out and puts the the um, the gold on the camel, and he tries to pull the camel, and the camel doesn't move. Did you notice that? Yeah. So they did so many takes of that, and the reason the camel didn't move was the camel actually didn't like the actor. Um, his name's Kevin O Kevin O'Connor, and it wouldn't move for him. It moved for everybody else, but when he tried to move it in the scene, it fucking didn't like him. Wouldn't move. <laughs> oh my god, really? So yeah. So 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 wait a minute. The camel was supposed to move. It was supposed to move. They could they couldn't get it to move because the camel didn't like the actor. Oh my god! What? A, oh my god! <laughs> How funny is that? Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Hold on, that's. That's like that's like Fifty Shades of, because because the actor is playing an asshole. So yeah, so exactly, maybe, exactly. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's such so a the, good piece yeah. of trivia. That's not in your. I main thought that trivia. was funny. No, no, no. So funny. Um. So anyway, we're back to Imhotep, and he's got Evie chained up, and next to her, he's got um Anaxilamun's corpse, mummified corpse, and he's reading from the Book of the Dead, and he puts um Anaxilamun's <gasps> soul back in her mummified corpse and she kind of comes alive and it's really creepy again i don't think it's cg i think it's all like practical effects which you know i love he then raises the knife to sacrifice evie because he has to complete the ritual and to do that he has to kill evie and so as he does that jonathan i don't think he even knows he does this he always does everything by accident he bursts into the room he doesn't even look at what he's doing and he goes evie i found the book (laughs) I like, found the book. Uh, I found the book. And he's like, he doesn't, he doesn't say it to distract. He just says, "Oh, he doesn't even know what's going on." He goes, "I found the book." Um, yeah, but yeah, but I yeah, but I um, uh, if you recall er, earlier on in our episode, I did mention how Jonathan just stumbled upon shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he does. I think he it, does. you know, you know, 
I think I I think it's just a really funny character quirk that because because essentially what the writer is doing is he's making Jonathan the he's making Jonathan uh, 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 the the comic relief. He's making Jonathan the bumbling idiot, which works because yeah, he, he's it, an it works. He's, look he's an he's an idiot, but he's not an idiot to the point where you go, oh my god, he's so stupid. He's just no. he's just clumsy. Like no, he's connect. He's, like I can connect with him because he just does things, and you're like, oh, he doesn't mean to do them. <laughs> like, yeah, he's it, not stupid. Yeah, but here's the thing: there, there are two types of a bumbling idiots that you can write. You can write bumbling idiots that are annoying, but you could also write bubbling idiot, bumbling idiots that are endearing to your audience. And the and the writer of this yeah. film wrote a bumbling idiot that's endearing to the audience. So we like the fact that Jonathan is a bubbling idiot. Yes, we do. And so Evie looks up at Jonathan and tells him, open the book and read from it. But he says he can't open it because he doesn't have the key. And so he starts reading from the cover because there's hieroglyphs on the cover. And what he does, he ends up conjuring more undead soldiers, um, but he, (laughs) he doesn't know how to finish it, right? And so Evie says, you have to finish the inscription in order to control them. Otherwise, Imhotep can control them. So Imhotep's happy. He's like, oh, cool. He just conjured more people to fucking kill him. So uh, this scene's so funny. Everybody's running around, right? So Evie's, Evie's unche- uh, uh, gotten out. Um, everybody's running around. Jonathan is trying to decipher. Uh, t- he's trying to describe to Evie what the symbols look like because he's not great with hieroglyphs. Meanwhile, Anuk Anuk Solomon's corpse is chasing Evie, and <laughs> Evie's trying. Evie, yeah, Evie's trying to listen to what like Jonathan is saying, and Evie tells him what the what the last symbol is because he can't get it, and he goes, "Oh yeah, that's what it is." <laughs> like he just doesn't understand the gravity of the situation, and so he, no. he says he says the whole curse, and Imhotep's like, "Fuck," and now he can control the undead soldiers. And then, and Evie's like, you have to tell them what to do. And it's like, ah, uh, and so he says another inscription. And so he commands them to kill Anak Sunamun. Oh, and shit. Imhotep is like, fuck. So Jonathan grabs the key from the book because Imhotep goes for Jonathan. He fucking runs up to Jonathan and tries to kill him. And while he does that, Jonathan grabs the key um, that Imhotep has, the star key from him. Um, he grabs blah, blah, blah. And, um, she, uh, Evie opens it. So Evie opens the book. But before we go to that, before we go to like the last little bit, um, we'll talk about what I've just talked about with the with the book and the whole funny scene and all that. Yeah, um, I, I I love this scene because also this scene really gives Jonathan a moment to really shine because throughout the throughout the whole course of the movie, he's been the bumbling idiot. He's been the comedic relief. And he's in the comedic. Uh, a relief for the audience and he hasn't really had a moment to shine and i think that this scene albeit funny and ridiculous and the director has everybody running around doing shit you have you have rick fighting these these priests you have evie trying to escape a natural the moon and you have jonathan reading for the book but i love the fact that the writer gave jonathan a moment to shine and, and he gave jonathan a hero moment that i thought was well deserved throughout the scene Yes, exactly. I agree with you 100%. So um, Evie's got the book and she's trying to read from the passage. Meanwhile, Rick is getting like pretty much slaughtered by these undead guards and he's like, could you just hurry up a bit? She's like, yeah, just keep them busy. And so he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 
So she's trying to find this passage. So she finds it, she speaks it, and Imhotep's like, oh, fuck. He like, he's like looking at her and he's like, oh, fuck. And then, which is a really cool scene, I think, there's like an undead spirit chariot that races down the staircase towards Imhotep and kind of like goes through him. And as it goes through him up the other staircase, it looks like it takes his soul because you can see him on the back of the chariot screaming like his soul. And you're like, oh, they took his soul. But what it really took was his immortality. So... Rick stabs Imhotep through the sword, through the stomach with a sword, and he's dead. Go for it. Yeah, I yeah, I thought you know you know I thought this moment was really cool. I love the way that Rachel Weiss delivered the last incantation. I love the fact that you know after she read the curse, like like ghostly guys in chair in a chariot came down to take Imhotep's immortality from him. Also, I love the last sequence when he gets stabbed and he backs up into this pool and he becomes the mummy again as he goes underneath the liquid. I mm. thought that was very, very cool. Yeah, and I like I like how the last the last words he speaks are death what is it? I think it's death is not the end. Uh um no uh um Oh death, death is, is only is, the uh, beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah. Death is only the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Great final words. Um, so basically the cavern starts falling down around them and they rush to get say, out. Do you want to say why? Uh, tell, tell us why. Tell us the why. Reason, <laughs> the reason that the cavern starts, the reason why the tomb starts, you know, basically sucking itself back into the earth is because while all this shit is going on, Benny is still fucking cowering tons mm. and tons of shit out of the out of the the tomb. And in, mm. in in one of those trips, Benny puts down puts a puts one of the bags on like a lever in the tomb. And this oh, lever, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And this lever, once he puts the bag on a tiny lever, the lever starts encasing the tomb. Sucking the tomb back into the earth, so Benny yeah. basically fucked it up for every, fucked it up for everyone, and that's why everyone has to run now. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I look, I, I I love Benny because he's such an integral part of the movie. He he really does push the story forward, <laughs> like in the worst he's, way he's possible. Such an idiot. He's such an idiot. So anyway, the cavern starts falling down around them. Um, they need to get out, and Benny is also rushing to get out. Um, but he. <laughs> He's okay. So Rick and Evie and Jonathan are running through the treasure room. They they race through it, and the walls are coming down, kind of like Indiana Jones style. And they make it. They kind of crawl under. They make it under. And Benny is behind them. And Rick actually puts his hand out. He's like, "Benny, come on, come on!" Because and and again, it show again. Even now, it's showing character development. Because out of all this shit that Benny's done to him, he's still willing to save his life. So he's a good guy. Like he's not a dick. And I love right up until the end. You've got character development for Rick O'Connell. I I love that. So anyway. Benny doesn't get out. Spoiler alert, Benny doesn't get out. Um, and Rick's like, bye, Benny. Like, he, look, he would have saved him, but he doesn't care <laughs> because doesn't Benny's care, a dick. But no, Benny's yeah, a dick. Yeah, 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 Benny's a dick. Um, but, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so so uh, Benny's trapped and he's just got like a light, like a, what is torch. it? Like a fire, a torch, fire stick. He has a um, torch. Yeah. And then hundreds of scarabs start coming at him 
from all from all angles. Um, and oh. you you know what's going to happen, and it kind of goes. Look, another that there's another trivia that's not in my trivia. The the fire stick torch he's holding um, was actually rigged to go on and off, like by like oh, cool. remote. Because it had to oh, wow. go, it had to, it had to like slowly go down, like one of those lights you turn up and turn down. So it had yeah. to go out in like order a for dimmer. that scene. Yeah, yeah, like a dimmer. So that was that was one. That was what that was. That's um, awesome. Yeah, um, and then hundreds of scarabs come out, and you know what happens when scarabs get you, um, mm-hmm. and you don't see it because his torch goes out, but you hear it. You hear him dying, and look. He's a dickhead. He doesn't deserve to die like that, though. He's just a weasel. You know, he doesn't yeah. – I don't think he's a real threat to anybody. He's not one of those – he's not a bad guy. He's just stupid. He's just a dick. <laughs> he's just a dick. Yeah, um, he's just a dick. So, anyway, the final scene of the movie, Rick, Evie, and Jonathan, they escape. Um, they find. I think they, they find Benny's camels, which has all the gold on them. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. And it's like, lucky, oh. Right? And a really, really nice scene. Um, Rick and Evie share a kiss in the sunset, which is a really, really beautiful scene. And Jonathan's like, oh, fuck. And so he's trying to look away. And he goes up to the camel. He goes, want a kiss? <laughs> yeah. Which I think is quite funny. And then they just yeah. ride off towards the sunset. It's a beautiful way to, to end the movie. That's it, the end. Yeah, absolutely. But I do want to point out one thing. Do you, do you notice when they're all running out of the temple, if Benny wouldn't have dived for O'Connell's hand, do you think that he could – do you think that he – could have gotten out if he would have stayed upright. No, I think the reason he died was because he was greedy. Because he he no, already no 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 no. I didn't I didn't say I, I didn't ask you why he died. I'm just asking you because when they were running out of the temple, Benny Benny as as he got closer to the door that he needed to get out, he dove for O'Connell's hand. Yeah, he dove. And, yeah. I, and I'm asking you if he do you think if he would have stayed upright running. Would he would he have gotten out? No, no. Okay, no. Okay, no. Okay, no. All right. That's what I was. Asking. So anyway, um, any so, so thoughts before I go to my trivia? Uh, yeah, I I thought I, I I thought that this this was a really really great action packed way to end the movie. I love how Benny got his comeuppance after everything that he did. I thought it was wonderful. I love that our characters got both rewardedly rewarded in a personal fashion. And uh, um, a you know a monetary fashion. I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, but it was. Um, trivia. Yes, but yes, but do you want to go to your trivia? Sure. So um, the scene uh, where um, Rick or Brendan Fraser is hanging, Brendan Fraser actually nearly died in that scene because he actually they didn't rig the noose properly, and he actually stopped breathing, but nobody noticed. And so when they cut. People, they noticed. I think it was Rachel Weiss that noticed. Fuck, he's not breathing, and so he had to be resuscitated. Oh my god! Right? Oh wow! How the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Whoa! I mean, I mean, that guy, the 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 uh, mm. the visual effects guys, that guy should have gotten fired. No, the 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 stunt guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. would have they yeah. would have rigged the noose. They should yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. That's mm, wow. That's not good. Wow, that's not good. Um, oh, Imhotep was actually a real person, um, but he wasn't what it was he was in the movie. He was actually um, the architect who developed the first pyramids in ancient Egypt. Really? Yeah. So he wasn't huh. he wasn't a bad guy, but there was actually somebody in ancient e- Egypt named Imhotep, which I thought was Imhotep. Cool. Um, 
this is a bit of a weird one. Leonardo DiCaprio was rumored to be have been offered the role of Rick, but he couldn't do it because it clashed with him filming The Beach. What do you think about Leo being Rick O'Connell? <laughs> oh no, it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit. First of all, first of all, first of all, I first of all, I think that at the time Leo would have been a little bit too young to play with uh, Rachel Weiss. What do you think? No, the thing, but he looks young, but he's not. He wasn't. But he's not rugged. Okay. You need a rug, someone rugged. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another thing. If you're the, if 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 you if if you want this hero archetype, you don't need a a a, a skinny blonde kid. Yeah, you don't need a pretty boy. You need someone that's rugged. And I think Brendan Fraser was perfect. So, mm-hmm. um, the okay, there was no one else up for the role of Evie, the director made a beeline for Rachel Weiss. He saw her in a, in one movie and he was like, that's it, that's Evie, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was bang a, on. He made he made such a good choice with with casting Rachel Weiss because Rachel Weiss does such a great job by playing the beautiful, smart, sort of a sort of a smart, but a sort of a sort of a she's smart she's independent but also she has this she has this beautiful femininity about her that mm. she brings to the role of you she does a fantastic job yeah so last bit of trivia <laughs> these are all the people who they considered for the role of rick before it was brendan fraser tom cruise brad pitt matt damon ben affleck chris o'donnell and matthew mcconaughey uh I would have I would have been interested to see what Matthew would have what McConaughey would have yeah. done with it, but Tom but Tom Cruise I'm like no because it's no. kind of, in a kind of funny way in a kind of funny way we 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 we've already seen yeah we've uh, seen it. <laughs> we, we, yeah we seen we've we've seen Tom Cruise's version of the mummy of the mummy and it didn't turn out too well no um, Brad Pitt maybe he can he can do rugged he's a pretty boy but he can do rugged so maybe Brad Pitt. <laughs> Not Matt Damon, not Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell. No, he's not rugged. He's not like, you know, rugged enough looking. But maybe Matthew McConaughey could have done it. But obviously, Brendan Fraser was the best. Yes, Brent, yeah, Brendan Fraser was an amazing choice um, for this role, and I'm so glad that he got it. Yeah, me too. All right, that's the end of the trivia. I'm done. All right, guys, and uh, with that, uh, we shall wrap up this edition of the Mixtape Podcast. Listen. Um, if you guys uh, want to reach out to us with any questions, concerns, or whatever, you can reach out to us on our email. It is themixtapepod at aol.com. If we ever get any emails on there, I will uh, answer I will answer them myself, and I possibly will give you a shout out on the show. But um, until uh, but. Um, just in case, if you come back next time, uh, the next film that we will be covering on this beloved little podcast of ours is one of my, uh, one of my favorite, one, one film from my favorite horror franchise of all time. Next time we will be talking about Scream 2, uh, written, uh, written by, uh, Kevin Williamson and directed by the immortal Scream master himself. Wes Craven. So uh, please come back to hear that wonderful conversation. But until next time, as I often say, if someone is ever kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.